0: Every snap is an interview After the snap What a snap Hey keep it mouth shut
1: I lead by example With Blake and Reed Ferguson Discussing life in, out, and after football
0: To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship uh, It couldn't be any better Yeah!
1: can't take sound out of my voice
0: and now what is up everybody welcome into after the snap it is a huge huge week in sports Reed, I don't know about you the I think April may be the best month in all of sports you've got the masters you've got the final four and national championship You've got the draft. You've got baseball starting up. I think April is probably the best month in all of sports. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, great to see you, by the way. Having a lovely, lovely uh, Tuesday evening down here in hot and humid Texas. I have to somewhat agree with you. I think October is a uh, close contender for April because you got baseball uh, with the, uh, the playoffs and the World Series, obviously. Football uh, NFL season is in full swing. That's a close contender. I think they're basically 1A, 1B. If April had more college basketball, March Madness, which I know defeats the name purpose uh, of it, but if it had an extra weekend of March Madness, I would probably definitely be a number one. Uh, But I think there's not enough NFL. I mean, the drafts at the end of the month with just a few college basketball games I mean, the Masters is obviously fantastic with with uh, the, the four-day weekend coming up. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's close for me. I, I am thrilled. I'm so excited for opening day on Thursday.
0: We're going to hit on all of those in just a moment. We've got the national championship reactions coming up next. But first, I want to talk about an interaction that I had on social media as a result of something that seems – harmless Reed, you and i are both big target fans shopping at target i so is my wife i would much prefer to go to target over any other department store any other store i'm gonna go to target i have the best experience there but you're busy it's okay as you yeah exactly as you and i both know you never go to target and buy everything that you expect to buy you always you walk go, out, you go you always, to the
1: list and you leave room on the list yep. for extra things. Yep. And you never know what those extra things are going to be.
0: Yeah. I, I. So yesterday I went to target with the full intention of getting a thank you card. And that's it. That's all I was at target for. I was getting a thank you card for my neighbor. And that was going to be the end of the end of the story. However, When I walked into Target to get a thank you card, of course I grabbed a cart because that's, you know, I I I am only getting a thank you card and I really need a, a shopping cart just for my thank you card. I ended up walking out of Target with a new Keurig, a candle, some Glade like air freshener things for around the house, this new like... Coca-Cola Zero Sugar Creations. It's called Starlight. It's limited edition. And I was like, I'm going to try it because it's at Target and I've never seen it before. It's in these like little mini cans. Moral of the story is that Erica was right when she tweeted at you a couple of weeks ago. You don't tell Target what you need. Target tells you what you need. And she could not have been more right.
1: That is so spot on, and and as you alluded to, I did post a few weeks ago uh, when we were at Target, oddly enough. We went for dog food, and we left with uh, blackout curtains, curtain rod, obviously, and a bunch of uh, fake greenery from Target's bougie greenery area that they all now have in the middle of their store. Is that part of the... Everybody wants to be Joanna Gaines. I was going
0: to ask if that was part of the Magnolia whatever home section
1: of Target that I I have perused through on. Where everything is white and farmhouse and everything is knitted and woven. And it all looks like it looks like you just walked into the set of a brand new HGTV channel
0: TV show. (laughs) Did you know, sorry, side note, did you know that she has her own network now? DIY Network is now Magnolia Network. Like they have taken over. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And guess what? We're subscribers.
0: (laughs) Is it like Magnolia Network Plus or
1: something? (laughs) Yeah. Discovery Plus, Magnolia Network, the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Erica's going to change her middle name to Magnolia.
0: That's amazing. Amazing. A couple other points of, of interest before we get into national championship reactions. Elon Musk is now a part owner, majority owner of Twitter. He is now... not
1: major- I don't think he's considered a majority owner. I think it's like... Not, 10-
0: sorry, maybe not majority owner, but like the he's the largest stakeholder is what largest I Largest stakeholder. He's like 9 point something percent. He very possibly could just like completely clean house and like revamp Twitter and make it amazing
1: which is which would be great
0: there's their CEO Jack are you has, are you on that kind of Go a, ahead he, their CEO Jack has been kind of a a menace when it comes to the whole like
1: censorship fact,
0: fact checking censorship the whole whole thing our listeners probably know where Reed and I stand on those topics. We won't get into that any further, but notable Elon Musk is now...
1: Are are you on the edit button train?
0: I am. I am because there have been many a tweet that I've put out and I've had an autocorrect typo or something and I'm like, Instagram lets me edit, Twitter doesn't. So I have to delete it and then put it back out and it's just like a whole thing. So I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not. I think... I am all for second chances, but proofread. Before you hit the T W E E T button, just run your eyes over it.
0: Are you saying that for the sake of people who. I don't. I'm saying that because I've
1: never had a. You've never had uh, a title. I've never had one that has like cost me dearly, I guess. I wouldn't say. I don't know if I've even seen. Examples of most of the time, people just they just thread down a tweet, you know, under the under the original tweet with like, oh, they uh, Apple autocorrected don't to done. And they're like, okay well, just like, you know, asterisk don't. It's just like, OK, we probably figured out what you mean, what you meant, but just copy the tweet, delete it and repost it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's my thing. It takes um, 10 seconds. I've noticed that that LSU football has has done that a couple of times, and it bugs me to no end that they won't just delete the tweet and re-put it back out. I'm like exactly in the same boat as you. Just copy it. It, it literally takes just as long as it would to, to thread the tweet and just type under it. That is kind of a side note. Big news, Elon Musk. Interesting to see what he does at Twitter um, our only NFL hit of the day we are, we won't be talking much football but the Miami Dolphins clocked into work yesterday first day of our offseason program and things are moving we now have the highest paid corner and wide receiver in the NFL obviously Tyreek Hill and Xavier Howard just signed a brand new extension five years for I don't even know how many dollars, a gazillion dollars. Dude, I'm pumped. We had our first team meeting yesterday, and I am I, I could not say enough good things about McDaniel. He is hilarious. He knows how to control the room, and I think he's going to be awesome.
1: That's that's great to hear. Yeah, I, I, I saw – um obviously saw – this come up yesterday when i saw Xavier signed his his extension to making the highest paid i think it's great he's a great player 5 years with, with, not 90 million dollars there you go i mean he's he's a he's a great corner good for you guys
0: i'm pumped we had workouts yesterday and today started a little bit early because we are one of the i think three teams with a new head coach is it three with a brand like a brand new head coach that are i think we i think there were only three that started early but That is the end of that. Big things happening down here in Miami. Monday night, you may have tuned into the national championship game, Kansas versus UNC. It was a heavy, heavy hitter. The final four were the blue bloods of the NCAA minus maybe Kentucky, but it was about all that you could ask for. UNC, Duke battling it out to go to the national championship. Kansas UNC played last night. We're recording this on Tuesday. Huge, huge lead at halftime for the Tar Heels and did not finish strong. Reed, I know you're a big UNC basketball guy. What are your thoughts?
1: Obviously, a huge fan. Tweeted out the picture yesterday. Uh, Christmas had the Marvin Williams jersey on, the whole get-up, whole uniform with my church socks on. You know, grew up a huge fan, been a you know, been, been a fan through a couple of national title runs throughout my childhood. Obviously, I am number one, first and foremost, LSU Tigers. Uh, but great to see North Carolina, obviously, as an eight seed go so far. Um, I think Hubert Davis, uh, this being his first year as head coach, taking over for Roy Williams. I mean, he has practically set himself up to be yet – Another all time great North Carolina head coach. I mean, you know, going, get it, reaching the championship as an eight seed in your first year as a head coach, first March Madness. I know he's been there for almost a decade or about 10, you know, about a decade as an assistant uh, under Roy Williams, but uh, this was a great start for Hubie and uh, his run as a Tar Heel coach.
0: Did Roy Williams go right into the head coach role after Dean Smith or were there coaches in between?
1: I believe uh, straight into straight in. I mean, I I think so. I think it went Dean Smith, Roy Williams from Kansas and now Hubert Davis. So, I mean, that would just be, Wow. I mean, this is similar to like Green Bay Packers, you know, quarterbacks, right? Like you have Brett Favre, for decades. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, great, you know, great, great, great quarterbacks at a position that is hard to come by for a great quality play and, and Super Bowl winning play. So, uh, very impressive. Uh, like I said, you know, I hope QB takes the Tar Heels, you know, far, very far every March, uh, while also hoping that LSU can, can kind of advance. Uh, sooner rather than later. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like that.
0: I think that in sports, a lot of times when you see these great coaches or players leaving, retiring, making their way out, it's usually very cyclical, right? Like, especially in pro sports, the, the leagues are built for it to be cyclical. You get the, you know, you have the top dynasties that when the coach retires or the quarterback, you know, Brett Favre retires. Usually there's a drop off and, and there's some, some turnover there and, and it takes a while to get back to competing for titles. And and I'm glad that you brought the, the Brett Favre one up because they went right into Aaron Rodgers, who has been one of the greatest quarterbacks of our lifetime, but certainly in NFL history. And, I think that the same is has kind of continued at UNC. You know, you had Dean Smith who is up there with John Wooden for top top coaches in college basketball history, right into Roy Williams, who won
1: a couple of national championships. Three? Three was it three? Two, I believe. One with Kansas, two with Carolina, I believe. Okay, so
0: two with Carolina a couple of runs in, in there, and now to go to Hubert Davis, I think, that that's a, I think that that's a huge hire. I think he's done really, really well to bring them back to being competitive. There were a couple of years where they had dropped off, but it's good to see that they're back. They, I mean, that
1: team that we watched last he, night. He hit on that. He hit on that after uh, – I think it was maybe pregame, before the National Championship, or maybe it was after after the Duke game in his postgame game. Uh, On the court, he said uh, something about, you know, these past couple years, North Carolina has really been uh, irrelevant. And he said North Carolina should never be irrelevant. Yeah, I think that was after after the Duke game. That was great to hear. Yeah, Yeah, I I think it was after the Duke game.
0: Well, big things ahead for Hubert Davis and the Tar Heels. This won't be the last that you see of them. They are back, and it seems like they're here to stay. On the other hand, Bill Self if he wasn't already a a college basketball hall of famer, even more so solidified his spot. People have their opinions on him. The dude has, has won for years. He, he did it with Chalmers back in the day. I don't think Kansas
1: has been bad like since we've been watching college basketball.
0: No. And that, and that's what Kansas
1: is always good.
0: Yeah. I I mean, they're one of the blue buds, and that's what you, that's what you expect out of, the Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, Gonzaga, Kentucky, UCLA. UCLA, right? Like that's what you that's what you expect. And I mean, congrats to him. I mean, he is he has kept them at the top for a very very long time. I don't know what exactly year he took over, but I mean, since I, he was right after Roy Williams, right? Was he was it right was it Roy Williams right into like we were talking about a minute ago for, for UNC, but uh, Kansas is kind of the same way. So congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks. Big win on Monday night. Just an update on LSU basketball. It's in shambles right now. Is that is shambolic the word that we should be using for the, the state of the LSU basketball
1: team? That's pretty spot on. I mean, it is just an atrocity at the moment. LSU basketball, if it was a Jenga game, imagine if you and I are playing Jenga and I'm going first and I just pull I just pull the whole bottom blocks out and it just all topples over. Yeah, That's somebody, basically what LSU somebody just basketball
0: chucked is. the basketball. Somebody just chucked the basketball at, at the, the Jenga, Jenga Tower. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, every first
1: move, it's just all falling apart. Every scholarship player
0: has now left for the NBA, or entered the transfer portal, and that's not a good sign for the LSU Tigers.
1: We're just—I mean—we're going to be bad, yeah, for a couple years. I hope McMahon depending can on if do guys depending on if guys come back. This new coach, I think we already—he we, already brought one transfer with him from Murray State. But good grief, man. I mean, we had some – I mean, we had a couple five-stars on the roster who are obviously searching out other places to play now. And we had two five-stars and a four-star recruit committed in this year's class that all decommitted within like three or four days of Will Wade getting fired. So it's just like you, you, you've ruined – you 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 have – you drug us along for – Three years with this nonsense. I mean, if you if you knew it was going to reach this point, why did you? you should have so done it three years ago. Because yeah. now you've dr- you've drugged us along. We, ha- we have we nothing to show for it. We have uh, one, two one two NCAA wins, uh, March Madness wins. I think we have a and, we have a regular season SEC championship. <laughs> okay, <that> <laughs> I mean it, it counts for something, but not really because. The 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 program is in like you said shambles. I mean you've ruined you you have the the future of the program is non-existent at the moment, and it's sad, and I'm mad. I didn't I didn't miss a game this year. I watched every LSU basketball game. It got tough to watch there for a little bit,
0: but kudos to you because I did not watch every basketball game. Do you want to talk about something a little bit more?
1: Let's move on on to the good news of the day uh, that broke a couple hours ago. Coming up Thursday, obviously, the Masters are starting. This is, in terms of a single event, probably one of my favorite of the year. You're definitely one of your favorites of the year. Um, I mean, probably probably top top two. Probably top top two. two, I try to lay eyes on it as much as I can, uh, and I have plans to kind of just kick my feet up. Uh, this weekend, uh, whenever possible, Blakely's first birthday is Saturday or her, her birthday party is Saturday. You know it's going to be playing on the TV all day long. But Tiger Woods, he said yeah, – was it yesterday? Was it on Monday that he said it was a game-time decision? Yes. I think it was early Monday. Yes. And I put in the notes, I said, you don't drag this decision on this long and play practice rounds if you're not going to play the weekend. I knew that was the direction it was, it was trending. If he came out and said he wasn't playing on Monday of master's week, how many people, how many viewers would they have lost? How many people would have stopped tuning out top, stop tuning in. They would have tuned out. They would have not, they would we wouldn't care. Right. I mean, there's a lot of casual fans that watch just because of tiger. Scott Van Pelt literally said a couple of days ago if Tiger plays the Masters you could play butt naked and nobody would know you were there. Yeah. Like that's a hilarious quote, but it's true. Tiger brings the majority of master viewership and it's and it's like he moves the needle in his sport I think more than maybe anyone else. Does. I mean maybe Brady. I mean in terms of percentage of viewer numbers like Brady probably I mean I don't, what, know. I don't know. I mean it, it's it's uh it's an art I mean it's a it's a discussion worth having. The fact that he said he is expecting to play as of today Tuesday morning, he said he's expecting to play 10:34 a.m. Thursday tea time is great for the sport of golf and great for the viewers at home.
0: It's huge and if you remember back in 2018 coming off of again an injury, the entire world it seemed like was watching the Masters. I remember I was with you. We, we were in Buffalo. We were at that soccer bar watching Chelsea Liverpool, yep. and directly behind us was there another TV. And the majority of the bar was tuned into
1: that TV and not the
0: Chelsea yes. Liverpool game at the soccer bar.
1: Because he had been so uh, he had been so far off the radar. Yes. And then came back to play like uh, he moves the needle. He moves the needle. Did you see you?
0: Actually, I know you saw the picture cause you retweeted it and I was, and you were the reason that I saw it. There's a picture of tiger playing his practice round on Monday and it looks like hole 18 on Sunday when the final pairing is coming down the fairway It is slam packed, slam packed. Like it, I mean, for a, for a Monday practice round, that was mind blowing. And, and we'll have to, we'll have to retweet that picture from our, uh, after the snap social media account so our listeners can see it. But man, it was impressive. And you're right. Nobody, I don't think anybody in sports has the attraction and, brings viewership like he does for a while. It might've been LeBron James, but they're not even going to make the, the Lakers aren't even going to make the playoffs this year. Like it's, they're a joke now,
1: which but, I had no idea. Cause I don't even watch NBA anymore.
0: They've got like three of the best players in the history of the NBA and they are under 500 and going to miss the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. It is master's week. And that's what we're here for. Another thing I wanted to note on the master's Hideki Matsuyama announced his master's club dinner menu. And did you know that this existed? Because I did.
1: I have heard of, I think every guy gets their, like gets a personalized dinner.
0: So basically what happens, I, I've, I literally, I heard about it this morning and I didn't know that this was even a thing. Clearly, I'm not as avid of a watcher as I think I am of the Masters. But every winner, the year after they win, hosts a Masters Club dinner of all of the past winners, as well as the chairman of the Masters. And it is there. The menu is up to them to decide what they're going to you know, have as the meal. Hideki Matsuyama released uh, his menu for tonight's Master's Club dinner. For an appetizer, it's going to be assorted sushi, sashimi, and chicken skewers. First uh, course is going to be miso glazed black cod. Second course is going to be mayazaki wagyu steak. That's going to be an A5 Wagyu beef ribeye with mixed mushrooms and vegetables. And for dessert, it's going to be a Japanese strawberry shortcake. The description says it's a fluffy sponge cake with whipped cream and strawberries on top. That sounds immaculate, if you ask me.
1: If you're playing in the Masters, are you eating the sushi?
0: I think yes, because this is probably some of the best sushi that you're going to. I mean, if they're having A5 Wagyu steak, they're probably not getting public sushi. Like, it's probably. No, I'm not.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not arguing that it's going to be bad sushi. I'm just saying, if you do you risk the stomach? I don't know. But it's a thought. It's an interesting thought.
0: So the funny thing was, I, as I was kind of digging into this whole master's club dinner thing and and seeing what the menu was, obviously it was, you know, kind of things that you are, are representative of where you're from and, and things like that. I came across Bubba Watson's master's club dinner that he had back in 2013. And it's, it is comical. His master's club dinner starts with a traditional Caesar salad. The main course is a grilled chicken breast with green beans, mashed potatoes, corn, and macaroni and cheese for dessert confetti cake with vanilla ice cream, confetti cake, dude. That's like, that's like a, that's like a Betty Crocker box at Publix. Come on. I guess that begs the question, what would be on your master's club dinner menu?
1: I would definitely do a steak, a nice Wagyu steak. Sounds amazing.
0: Remember, it's got to be representative of where you're from. So Hideki Matsuyama with with Japanese heritage sort of brought that with with the sushi and the in the other, other items that was kind of where he was from. So, and, and wagyu wagyu being, you know, originating in Japan was kind of, I guess you could have it, but that that's kind of where
1: that came from. I would, yeah. So I would definitely have a nice, nice steak. I mean, I gotta have like, I don't know, Mac cheese, some bacon wrapped green beans. some maybe some cream corn or something. I don't really, I mean, it's, it would be so, it would be like hearty you know something good for the soul but something safe
0: i think if i'm hosting the masters club dinner i'm going to go back to my collegiate roots with a little bit of cajun flair in there i think appetizer i'm going to go with a like a pepperjack gator meat Ball, like fried ball. Gator bites. Um, Gator bites. Those are fantastic. And then maybe some boiled crawfish. Just because it's it's springtime, I know there will probably be a lot of the guys that don't partake in that because they're about to play in the Masters. But a lot of them, you know, may have been maybe retired. This is all, you know, previous winners. So they can't all be in, you know, in the tournament. And then as the main course, I'm going to go with – a Bayou chicken pasta and for dessert, we're going to go with a white chocolate bread pudding straight out of New Orleans. As I, as I say that, I'm like, man, I should have should have gone with the bananas foster, but I'm going to stick with the, I'm going to stick with the white chocolate bread pudding because I I feel like that that is more New Orleans than any other dessert that you could have possibly put on there.
1: That's that's a str- that's a strong menu. I'd probably uh, opt for the um, maybe the kids' grilled cheese over the crawfish, in Masters Week. But um, I catch your drift. You know, we were talking about kind of predicting wh- who we thought was going to win. I don't know the last time a favorite won, and I guess you can say the favorite because he has the lowest odds. I don't remember the last time. That the, you know, quote unquote favorite won the Masters, but I tend to, I tend to not pick the favorites. Looking at the odds sheet, going down the odds sheet, there are a couple names that I did find interesting. Justin Thomas is the second favorite at plus 1300. Uh, I think he's a good pick. He seems to always be in the mix. Um, Jordan Spieth is actually my pick to win it he will find that that form that he had 5 or 6 years ago kind of get back on top if i was going to do it i would probably throw a little cash on tiger at plus 8000 because what a story that would be
0: i saw a i was actually watching sports center a little while ago and they had like their betting expert on he actually was talking about how tiger is plus 110 to make the cut, which he was like, this is the most surefire bet. This is the best investment that you can put in the entire tournament. The way that he explained it was that on a $100 bet, you are going to get $110 back if he makes the cut. He said that Tiger has not missed a cut in 21 consecutive Masters tournaments. And it's basically 50 50 for him to make the cut at this point. I think it'll be interesting coming off of this leg, you know, the leg injury. If he can, if he can hang on, if he can, if he can make it through the walking part of the tournament, cause that's the hardest part. He said, I feel, I feel really good swinging the club. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hitting the ball well. The hardest part is going to be walking, walking the entire course and all the hills and things like that. I think that while I don't think Tiger's going to win the tournament, I think he brings up a good point that Tiger probably will make the cut. He is a competitor. He's not going to allow that to happen. My pick for to win the Masters is going to be Cameron Smith at 1600. I'd like John Rom. I just, I have a hard time betting on the favorite. Obviously you and I cannot bet. Uh, we saw how that worked out with Calvin Ridley, Justin Ridley, just to make that clear. We cannot bet. If I was a betting man, I would put money on Cameron Smith and then plus 110 for Tiger to make the cut. The last thing on the Masters as we lead up to Thursday morning tea times. The Masters released their food and beverage and apparel pricing for this year. And They are happy to announce that despite inflation going on in our country, it being at a 40-year high, prices for everything at the Masters are not going to go up, which is part of the experience for those who go to the Masters.
1: Consumer experience, baby. That's what it's all about. For those who are not as familiar with the way that
0: it works, the Masters has made a point to keep their prices low because they're not worried about the money. They make enough money on the tournament itself and the TV and all of the sponsorship, you know, the couple sponsorship deals that they uh, really hone in on. They are more concerned with attendees having a good time, feeling like they, they can go purchase eight egg salad sandwiches if they want to and not being Gouged, no cheese,
1: baby, pimento cheese.
0: Not being gouged at the concession stand.
1: Anytime you can get a, a, a delicious pimento cheese for a buck fifty, sign me up. I'm I'm all about it, dude.
0: Also on Thursday, it's opening day for the MLB. I made a trip up to Fort Myers over the weekend to watch some spring training baseball. It was my first time seeing uh, the Braves play at. Cool Today Park. It was also my first time seeing the Red Sox play at JetBlue. I had been back in 2011 when they were in downtown Fort Myers, and it was cool back then, but it was even cooler now because JetBlue Park is basically a mini Fenway Park, and it is fantastic. They actually call it they call it Fenway South, which I thought is a, a pretty cool touch.
1: Obviously, super pumped for Thursday, but I wanted to get some predictions in for some of the divisions and then some of the awards and the World Series, obviously, at the end. I want to do this just because it's it, it's going to be fun to keep up with during the season, uh, to keep track of how our picks are doing, uh, because as we both know, baseball is extremely unpredictable because you don't know where the ball is going to go when it comes off the bat. So... Uh, just to start off and I'm going to let you go first, um, starting off with the NL East, who is your prediction to win the NL East? I feel like we will both have the same answer.
0: I think, you know, who is going to win the NL East this year, the world series champion Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna is going to come back stronger than before his ACL injury he was put on the 10-day um, injured list uh, for the Braves, so it sounds like he's coming back very, very soon. I think they're going to get off to a hot start and really carry that throughout the entire season. I've got the Braves winning the NL East.
1: As do I. I think uh, they, they got better. They won the World Series and got better.
0: Dude, I saw, and, and not to get too far in the weeds because we've got to get through a lot of these predictions, I saw Olsen – Yak a home run on Sunday uh against the Braves or against the Red Sox, sorry. Obviously you you never wanna never wanna have to let go of Freddie Freeman MV MV free. I think that Olsen is going to be a great, great pickup for the Braves.
1: Uh, moving on to the NL Central, we got Milwaukee, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Chicago, uh, Cubs, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Who are you picking to win the central?
0: I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals this year. They finished second last year, still made the playoffs, but I think that they are going to have a great year. I think they're going to finish on top in the NL Central.
1: Okay, I'm going to differ a little bit. I am picking Milwaukee simply because I think they have uh, one of the best pitching staffs in the game uh, from top to bottom. They have pretty much three aces on their staff. That's going to be hard to get by for as many division games as they pl- as you play in baseball. Um, I think they're they're going to have a pretty strong winning percentage. Uh, I mean, last year they they had a, a better run differential. They finished first in their division. Their run differential was 81 runs better than second place. You know, if that goes to show anything, the pitching is paramount uh, in this division. Okay, so moving on to the NL West. And this division was kind of similar to the AFC West in uh, football this year. Every team, you know, they, they have three heavy hitters. Three of the five teams are powerhouses in the baseball world. Um, the San Francisco Giants, the LA Dodgers, the San Diego Padres, Colorado Rockies, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. San Francisco won the division last year by one game uh, over the Dodgers, which is uh, just incredible. It's hard for me to pick against the Dodgers. They are as close to a super team in baseball as you can possibly get. I mean, they just traded for Craig Kimbrell.
0: I'm going to agree with you there. It's hard to argue with the L.A. Dodgers this year. I actually have them, and we'll get to this in just a moment, I have them playing in the World Series this year. I think that they run away with the NL West.
1: Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., obviously an all-world player when he is healthy, um, but I think the Dodgers have too much firepower. Uh, moving on to the AL West, Houston Astros, Seattle Mariners, Oakland A's, the L.A. Angels and the Texas Rangers. Who are you picking to win this division?
0: As much as it pains me to do this, I'm, I've got the Houston Astros playing in the playing in the World Series as well. I, I think that they are going to finish first in the West again and make a run at a World Series title.
1: Unfortunately, I think Houston is going to win the division, but I'm picking Seattle because I think they were close last year. They were uh, they, they finished five games uh, behind Houston in second place, and I think they made a lot of upgrades this year with a couple of trades and then bringing up their number one prospect, Julio Rodriguez. He is an absolute monster. Moving on to the uh, AL Central, saving the best for last, the AL East. Uh, AL Central, Chicago White Sox, Cleveland Guardians, the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, and the Minnesota Twins. This division, to me, is going to have the widest gap from first uh, to second, I think, of any other division in baseball. Um, I'm picking the White Sox. I think they are clear... Clear favorites here. They won the division by 13 games last season and not a lot. I mean, Detroit did some good things. They just traded for uh, uh, Austin Meadows, who's a solid outfielder from Tampa. Uh, Chicago is going to run away with this division by double digits uh, yet again.
0: I've got Chicago as well. I don't know a ton about this division, What I do know is they were the only team last year with a winning record out of this division, and so I'm going to go with the White Sox. I just, I mean, I have a hard time thinking that Cleveland is going to be able to, Cleveland or Detroit are going to be able to really pull ahead of Chicago in the AL Central.
1: All right, moving on, best for last, the AL East. Obviously, uh, this is the division both of our teams are in we have Tampa Bay who won the division last year by eight games, uh, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, Toronto Blue Jays, and the Baltimore Orioles. There's basically four teams that can win this division.
0: Yeah. I think that this is the division that everybody is going to look to this year for the potential world series champion. I think that four of the, four of the five teams here, uh, everybody, but Baltimore has a really good shot of winning this division as well as going and, and really making a run at a world series title. <laughs> I say that and I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. As I mentioned earlier, I think Houston will be in the world series, but for me, I can't, I can't pick against my Red Sox. I think the Red Sox have added a couple of good pieces in Trevor story and a couple of, Additions to the pitching staff, I think it's going to be a great season for the Sox.
1: I am going to pick the Blue Jays. Uh, I have them making it to the World Series. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm picking the Blue Jays. I think the hype train is real. They have a real lineup, and they added some good, solid pitching this offseason. So picking the Blue Jays, this is kind of the year. This year and next year is kind of the year that they see as their best chance to to make it all the way and, 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 and lift the trophy. So moving on um, a couple of player specific awards, we have AL and NL MVP picks. I'll start with mine. I, you know, my AL MVP pick basically, you know, I just hyped up their team, the blue Jays. I think Vlad Guerrero jr. He was up for the triple crown last year. He's an incredible player just all around. I think it's going to be hard to find someone in the American League that's going to top his abilities at the plate. And in the NL, I'm going to roll with uh, Matt Olson, who was traded uh, to take over Freddie Freeman's spot in Atlanta. He's going to bring a little more uh, to that Atlanta offense, uh, which is hard to say uh, because Freddie was so good for so long. But uh, I think Matt Olson on his new team, uh, in Atlanta, with Acuna coming back mid-season, Ozzy Albis hitting in front of him. They they just have top down a great lineup. I think Matt Olson is going to be my NL MVP pick.
0: My AL MVP pick is going to be Yuli Gurriel. If you look at his statistics throughout his career since 2016, it's gotten better and better and better every single year. 2021 he batted for he batted 319, 169 hits, 81 ribbies. I mean, he is ready to explode and have a an MVP season for the Houston Astros on the NL side. I have Juan Soto winning the NL MVP. He has the highest odds uh, in Vegas for that award. I think that kind of similar to Yuli Guriel, he has also uh, improved every single year and he is going to be prime for the NL MVP award this coming season. Let's get to the big dog, the World Series prediction. This is going to be a prediction that lives for several months. This is April 5th, 2022. We will not see the results. Until October, Reed. Who do you have winning your World Series?
1: As hard as this was to pick, and there hasn't been a back-to-back champ uh, in a long time. My World Series prediction is the Atlanta Braves over the Toronto Blue Jays. I think uh, the Braves, as I mentioned to uh, earlier, I think uh, they uh, obviously won the World Series last year. I think they were clearly one of the best teams in the league you know, much less the National League. And I think they added pieces this year and and especially, I mean, they won it without Acuna, he's arguably at his top. He's the best player in baseball and he's going to want, he, he, he got that taste last year, not being there, but, but winning it all. And he's going to want to get back to it. And I think um, the pieces that they added, Matt Olson, Kenley Jansen, just to name a few, Kenley's an elite closer and has been for a long time. It's hard to bet against the Braves going all the way again this year. I mean, it's going to be Braves, Dodgers, in the NLCS, I think. I and mean, that's just like, that's a it, given.
0: It has to be. It, it has to be. be. And as hard as it was for me to pick against Atlanta, I just feel like that the, the loss of Freddie Freeman is going to weigh a little heavier than you or anybody might be expecting I've got the Dodgers beating the Houston Astros in the World Series. I originally, in in our notes for this week's pod, I originally had the Dodgers defeating somebody out of the AL East. But as I have thought about it and done a little bit more research, I feel like that the Astros will find their way back. They have won for years, and they will find their way back into the World Series this year
1: playoff experience is 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 so real in baseball um they've been doing it for a long time so can't argue with that we had one twitter question that i that i saw um that i wanted to bring up mark smith asked why is blake a red Sox fan he seems like a nice guy it just doesn't add up
0: i will actually i'll tell the whole story so reed was you were Playing little league baseball for the Yankees. You were on the Yankees little league team. He Reed wore the like you were number nine, Roger Maris, the whole thing. Reed became a huge Yankee fan as a result of that. And me being the little brother that I am, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just be a Red Sox fan because. I'm just, that's just who I am. It it didn't matter what it was. If Reed was pulling for North Carolina, I was pulling for Duke. If it was Ohio state, Michigan, like it, it did not matter um, what the rivalry was. I was always kind of pulling against Reed. And it's funny because that's actually really the only one that has stuck to this day. The other ones have kind of gone away But Red Sox, Yankees, like Reed and I still go toe to toe on Twitter, on the pod over Red Sox and Yankees. And that one's not dying off. We did have one more question that we tweeted back to Randy uh, last week that we were going to answer on the pod. It says, Hey guys, how is a long snapper selected to the Pro Bowl? How does that work? And what are metrics? What metrics are you measured by? And read do you want to talk on that first
1: snappers used to not be voted on um until a couple years ago a, a group of guy, a group of the veteran guys kind of uh, got together and made that happen uh because we were the only position not to get voted on every, every year so it used to be kind of just the the coaching staff or the kicker or the punter or a mixture of all three that that chose who the the snapper was going to be for the pro bowl, but now it is voted on by the fans, the uh, players and the coaches. So, you know, a lot goes into it, you know, accuracy, coverage ability, blocking ability, kind of the whole, the whole deal. Um, and then obviously performance level that season has a lot to do with it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mixture of things. I think, um, it's, you know, pro bowl, uh, versus, Making all pro, you know, it's 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 different, different awards, different people vote on them. Um, but the Pro Bowl, you know, either one is definitely a great thing to have on your resume.
0: Well, that is a wrap on this week's episode of After the Snap. As always, follow us on social media at After the Snap Pod, Instagram, and Twitter. Go subscribe to the pod, leave us, leave us a rating, leave us a review. That is how we get more listeners. This has been After the Snap, tales from two brothers who live life upside down.